Welcome to the Victorian Parent Council VPC Parent Podcast Series. VPC is a registered charity organisation dedicated to everyone who support parents in educating their children. I'm Jackie Vanderbilt, your host today. Today we're going to be speaking with an expert on careers, career planning, subject selection and post-school options. Welcome Catherine. Hi Jackie. Catherine, before we get started, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? I've um, got a background in education, so I'm actually a trained secondary teacher who taught design tech and I've worked in a number of different schools over the years. The last 20 years I've spent in human resources and recruitment, helping adults and students find their path as to where to go next. And about seven, eight years ago, I set up a business called Turning Point Consulting and our focus is very much on working with students throughout their schooling and their tertiary studies as much as adults in their life decide where they're going and what they're doing. So our focus is on careers and transition, but also well-being, which is integral, and leadership and personal skills. Um, I also do a lot of work in the wellbeing space with Wellbeing Australia, where we focus on positive strategies to really manage what's happening in the world. And Catherine, you and I know each other from from, from way back when. Um, and Catherine's also a mum, so skin is very much so. Forget to comment that. <laughs> the game. <laughs> so today we're talking about subject selection, and I and I, you know, I've I've, I've lived this on both sides of the fence, you know, as a teacher and then as a parent. Um, and so you know, you'd see it coming up in your calendar, and it's like it's subject selection time. Help, you know. <laughs> so there's so much choice, um, and in some schools. Um, and in some schools, loads and loads of choice. And for other students in the situation that they're in, they might be looking at the subject selection and going, not enough choice. Mm. But what advice do you have for parents who are supporting their children making these subject choices? Sure. Look, I I think what you say is spot on, that that choosing subjects is anxiety-inducing in the best of us. It's something that just kicks in this fear factor, no matter whether we know what we're doing or not, as to, oh, my goodness, a decision needs to be made. So one of the things I would try and encourage is really reminding our, our children that they've probably made decisions before. They've made decisions and they know which subjects they avoid and they hate doing the work for and they know which subjects they run to. So they actually know more than they think they do. Um, I think as we come to subject choices as parents, our minds suddenly realise, oh, my goodness, we're getting to the pointy end of school um, and we need to be thinking about what's happening. And that's happening for our children as well. Uh, A lot of the, the questions and the comments I get from parents and students is more along the lines of, what if, what if I need this to be this person or this is needed for this career or this, this course or whatever it might be? And from my experience, and I'm, I'm dealing with people in all different school systems and, and different backgrounds and whatnot, I tend to find if you're true to yourself, the subject's linked to where you're going to go in the future. So I think as parents, we've really got to remind our children that they just need to know who they are. They need to know what's what has been working for them and what hasn't. So a lot of what I recommend is that we look at what type of learner is our child? Are they a a traditional academic learner who likes people to lecture outweighs and they listen and they do note-taking and they put it into an essay format and the world works well for them? Are they a practical learner? Are they someone who needs to do physically do things as they are learning and to apply that learning along the process? Are they a creative thinker? Do they need to be um, posing challenging questions and to come up with new ideas and to be invested in something that will be constructed or designed throughout the process of the time? Um, So we're looking more at that what makes our child who they are instead of 
you know, what is the right subject for us to be choosing? So are the subject trends happening now? Like are there, are there subjects that are just more, I don't know, I wouldn't say like hip or anything like yep. that. Are we seeing a move towards um, a particular area of subject choice over, over others? Yeah, look, certain schools obviously have different choices in terms of their courses, and that has a dramatic impact for students. Um, it's quite funny because students either love English or they love maths, but rarely do they love both. So they're very quick to know which one they want to do and generally which level they want to be doing it. Uh, there certainly is a movement in the workplace, and I'm talking about all different industries from farming through to business, that there is a high demand for the literacy and numeracy. And that's not meaning we need to maintain maths at a four unit level, but we do need to remain aware of it being important in our learning. In saying that, it's not a requirement at this point that maths is there for future, for future steps and what's there. Some universities are looking at having mathematics as part of the process. Others are considering it. So we are seeing a move towards maths becoming more mandatory along with the English requirement. Um, to me, it's important that we're thinking about what we're wanting to do. So if I'm going to want, um, go into elect, you know, becoming an electrician or into construction or wanting to go and work in retail, equally becoming an accountant or financial officer or working in marketing or digital, there's going to be elements of maths I'm going to need. So thinking about whether that's necessary or not is probably an important thing. On top of that, it's also respecting that child and respecting that if a particular subject causes them dramatic stress, they are best not to do it. Um, and the reason for that is unless it is an absolute requirement, which I find it is not when we talk about where they're wanting to go, it will cause some well-being issues and a lot of stress within the household for the years ahead. And it's sort of about us preventing that and setting up for success. And what I mean by that is a lot of, a lot of um, parents rather feel a need for sciences to be included in those final subject choices. Um, I've had people tell me that physics should be mandatory and, you know, others who tell me that biology should be mandatory. So there is a feeling that science is critical. Um, a lot of students really enjoy sciences and they tend to pick those ones that really fit with who they are. They're very different in how they look, obviously. The workload and the content is very, very different. So I urge parents and students to really look at what is happening in each of those sciences. But I don't feel that we should be looking at doing a science as a compulsory activity. There's a lot more schools suggesting that because people are picking your English and your maths, obviously, as your standard, and a lot are actually encouraging the sciences or your economics style streams, that perhaps we should be including a creative subject so that you're using the different parts of the brain. Um, and that, of course, works really, really well when I am creative, but when I'm not creative and you're asking me to do a major work, my goodness, that's a horrible feeling. So um, it's really about coming back to play to their strengths. If your child is a creative child, and I have seen this happen where we have very, very creative people coming to the end of their schooling and their recommendation is to stop doing those subjects, I actually think you cause a lot of damage to the student and you're also potentially blocking them from their next career step. Um, and what I mean by that is if I'm very strong at art and I'm wanting to go into design, design or architecture or whatever it might be, equally if I'm, I'm strong in drama and I'm wanting to go into film and production or any of those areas, the final years of schooling give me my portfolio. They give me what I'm going to use in the employment piece but also in the application piece for where I'm wanting to go next. So I think it's important to remember 
all subjects have value, but it's about fitting in with that child's learning style and their approach to learning that's really going to make them engaged in the process as much as possible. So I think we've kind of talked around a lot of the, the issues to do with mandatory subjects. I thought it was really quite interesting. Um, I was at a careers, you know, um, careers and, and day at Sydney University oh, quite a, oh, not that long ago, but a, a few years ago now. And uh, one of the uh, interesting requirements that uh, various employers who were presenting on the day, and a couple of them were from banks, were saying, that they had traditionally drawn from, you know, the commerce and the economics and uh, the sort of the more sort of more maths type people that they thought would be good for banking. And what they were finding was that the the actual skills they needed would have been um, would have been uh, better found in a uh, an Australian literature student mm. <laughs> who had good people people and communication skills. So it's really interesting to see, you know. As parents, we might be thinking, well, they really need to be getting the English, the maths, the, like the sciences, like you were saying, and in actual fact, playing to strengths and playing to a more generalised set of skills can be probably more beneficial when we're looking at subject selection. Absolutely. And a lot of the uh, multinational companies and the management consulting firms are looking at breadth in terms of abilities. So we, we are not looking for you to be able to just do what we're telling you. We're looking for the reverse. We're looking for people to come up with new ideas, new solutions, uh, new approaches. So we don't want yes people. We want people who can think critically, who can analyse, who can question, who can engage with others, who can seek out help and support, but really be quite innovative in their approach to things. Um, so there are a number of organisations that whilst they used to look for business degrees for their graduates, they're now very, very broad and they're finding the arts graduates are suiting more because the, the base of arts degrees is so much more diverse and because they're having to deal with different faculties and they're having to think and they're having to apply. So there is a, a big movement towards that breadth of thinking instead of the silos of thinking that used to be. Rather refreshing, really, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's sort of the way the world works now. And if you look at it in business, and I look from you know, even 15 years ago when I was uh, doing a lot of recruit, was probably 15, 20 years ago, a lot of people really wouldn't cross over the line, if, if you know what I mean. So, if I'm a salesperson, I never shall ever go to the RD side of the business or strategy. I must say in my box, that's not the case now. We all move around a lot more, and we really do play to bringing different parts to the table. So we have to come with that diversity. So I love it because it, it works with me. But um, I can also understand that there are people who are really comfortable, comfortable in that security of knowing what we know. And so to have out-of-the-box thinking is incredibly uncomfortable. Um, and so we also need to think about those people in terms of how they're approaching their choices and their selections and their transition because... That can be a really fearful time in terms of what if I get it wrong? What if? And I think the best way we can support them in that is, is drawing from them the confidence in why they're making those decisions and that nothing is a defining factor. Everything will continue to grow and everything will continue to evolve. That if they need another subject, it will be drawn into a course that they choose to do later on. It's not all determined at the age of 15 or 16. Exactly right. I think you just touched on a really interesting point there, you know, what if, the what if, you know, what if I get this wrong? And mm. I think parents, we look at this opportunity with our school education and say, 
we re- as parents, we only get one crack at this, getting, getting it yeah. right for our children. So we feel an enormous amount of pressure to make sure that we're facilitating the right outcome. Yes. So, if, so if I was to ask you, Catherine, for two, two points that parents could take as helpful advice to go in and, and have some what can be quite a challenging conversation, mm. what two main pieces of of advice for parents? Sure. I guess the first thing is our approach as parents, and I think it sort of happens in reverse. And so even for my own own children who I've gone through this delightful process twice with, um, and I've done it with large groups, what I find is we go in with a very um, sort of rational brain of thinking of the subjects, whereas what we should be doing is flipping it because what happens in the beginning of the senior years is suddenly we go, do you know what? All that matters is my child is healthy and well and not stressing out. Now, if we go in with that approach instead and we think of our child's well-being and we question, well, what if there's too many major works? How much content is there? Um, That seems to be a lot of repetition and, and, you know, practice that you need to do. How's that going to fit? So I think if we think about the lens we are looking at before we start the conversations, that's actually quite key as parents. Um, The second thing would be very much engaging in a discussion with our children. A lot of children expect us to tell them what we should be doing in this selection position, um, whereas they really know. And so allowing them to draw. And if they're not sure, schools are really wonderful at giving resources and booklets and lists of of subject areas that they can choose from. So one thing that I will tend to do if if a, a child's really struggling is we get the list out, and this is a great thing to do as a parent. Now, just cross out the ones you know you really don't like and you don't want to do. Okay, now let's start moving forward and looking at these other ones and work out what we need to discover more about, which ones we really don't know what it means and which ones we know are definite. And if we go in with a, this is one I don't want, this is one I definitely want and these are ones I want to investigate, it's a really healthy approach to what we will face with a lot of different decisions in life beyond that school space. And so it's a fabulous opportunity of learning for our children. Thank you to our guest speaker. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Want to know more about this podcast and other VPC podcasts? Please visit the VPC website, vicparentscouncil.vic.edu.au and leave a review. We would also welcome you to contact us if you would like to be our guest or if you have a topic around parenting and education. Thank you to Melbourne singer Emma Sydney for her permission to use her soundtrack, Cherish. Until next time, thank you for listening.